Hello there, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Uh, it is Thursday the 14th of May. Boxing feature again today. Just catching up with a lot of my old boxing friends, writing pieces for Sky Sports and hopefully Will and the guests today as well, write something up for skysports.com as well. John Ryder, super middleweight contender, long time middleweight and toiled at that weight really. Couldn't get the British title um, despite seemingly on paper being able to do having the skill set but since he's moved up to super middleweight, gone very well for him and actually had a world title challenge this past November against a guy called Callum Smith in Liverpool, undefeated fighter. If you're a boxing fan, of course, you know the Smith brothers, and he's the youngest of them, the tallest of them, and incredible that he can make super middleweight. Maybe that showed on the night, but John did very well, and for a lot of people, the unanimous decision in favour of Callum Smith was contentious, to say the least. And certainly, John, I guess, shows the ability to learn and develop, and has, in that fight, demonstrated a talent and a relentlessness and an endurance. And I know his personal trainer, his conditioner, strength and, um, strength and conditioning coach as well, Dan Lawrence, performed 365 on social media, who I hope to, to get on here as well. I have had him on in the past, and it was an incredible performance. We're going to speak to John six months on from there, really see how things are going for him. That was back in November in Callum's native Liverpool. So it was a good performance from John, who's from London. He's had a baby in the last year or so since I've spoken to him on the podcast last year. So i be interested to get his thoughts. The podcast, in association with Bang & Olufsen of Cheltenham, once again, appreciate their support. And Serene AV, specialists in devising um, innovative home entertainment solutions for people, both in the Cheltenham area and beyond, I suppose. And a lot of that's online at the moment. We'll have to catch up with Jason, find out what he's doing in terms of opening the store, because obviously in the UK, Thursday, 14th of May, if you're looking back on this, the, the uh, restrictions around coronavirus and the pandemic have been loosened slightly not complete free-for-all, so maybe open soon. Um, thanks as well to Cytoplan for their support of the podcast. If you are looking to boost your immunity at the moment, uh, my dad, Dr. Mark Draper, recommends a Cytoplan supplement called Immunovite, I-M-M-U-N-O-V-Y-T-E, which contains, among other things, selenium, zinc, and vitamin C. Now, he feels selenium, in the, particularly for people in the UK, if you're listening to this, is deficient in our soil and is vital for, for cell ability to, to rebuff viruses and so on and so forth just for general immunity but obviously we're, we're conscious of it at the moment in terms of the acute perceived threat of, of coronavirus that we want to kind of keep our immune systems tip top which is not necessarily the message from government i guess they've got other things to, to worry about the hygiene drive but i think beyond that is the immune system is is key to, to the whole picture but if you go to cytoplan c-y-t-o-p-l-a-n you can um find that that supplement and if you type in a discount code draper10 d-r-a-p-e-r-10 so my last name all capital letters and then the number 10 you will get a 10 percent discount appreciate some people have already and thank you for doing that um that's fantastic and, and wish you all a happy and healthy time at the moment as we start to, to maybe go back to some degree of normality i know schools potentially opening for my little girl who's in reception she's five years of age in my local town in cheltenham so she might be going back next month at least partially anyway part-time uh, anyway hope you uh, enjoy the podcast with good man john Ryder. here we go john Ryder. hi ed how you doing good i'm very well mate how are you i'm good mate i'm, all, I'm good i'm in, all over this lockdown one thing i've learned is what zoom is and uh, <laughs> what, what this app is do you know what i mean it's, um, i know i was having this conversation right? with johnny nelson last week he was telling me that he lives next door to his daughters and they've all basically had to coach him through it all because he's been doing stuff for sky from home with zoom and and this app and, and other apps and it's just been uh, it's been a it's been a kind of test of test of our tech savvy but it's, you get there don't you i suppose we're learning 
yeah, I mean, um, yeah, we're all learning on the job as such. But um, yeah, I mean, if, I mean, if it weren't for a lockdown, would Zoom be any, any, if anything near what it is now? No, I know. I don't know what's happened to <laughs> Skype. I think Zoom. I, I don't. You know, Skype was the big one for ages, wasn't it? But it seems like Zoom. You can do more multiple people. Have you? Have you been doing the uh, the quizzes? Have you stuff like that? Uh, I haven't. No, I've been. I've done a couple of uh, talks on Zoom and yeah. a couple on Skype. So yeah, I'm, I'm mixing up a bit. I'm, I'm not. I'm not sticking <laughs> to one one particular thing. I'm showing them all love. Yeah, yeah. House party was in for a while, wasn't it? That seems to have gone. I don't know. It's uh, there's, there's names flying around. Everyone wants to do something on a different one. So I know. I appreciate you downloading this app today to to record the the podcast. Appreciate it, mate. But how how are you? How how are you and the family with the, with the lockdown? Do you know? Do you know what surprised me? I mean, um, I've got I've got a nine month old son as well now. So yeah, what, what with a five year old and a nine month old <laughs> son, it's um, it's a tough nice age, tough because... age. Like nine months, so they start to move around, don't they? So you have to keep an eye on them. Well, that's it. It's been great because all the things I missed out on through being in camp for my daughter when she was at age, yeah. I got to see him like crawling, uh, climbing the furniture. I mean, so it's been nice to see all these changes and um, these stages that he's been growing, going through his development. So that's been really nice and just yes. been nice to spend quality time with the family. I mean, obviously all time is quality, but the, the actual, the amount we've got is unbelievable. And I mean, yeah. next will be the six weeks holiday. So <laughs> yeah, it's been great. Yeah. I sort of speculated whether they'd abandon the school holiday and make them go through, but I don't think that's going to that's going to happen. But yeah, you feel, I feel quite rested as well because obviously I'm not doing shifts at Sky and I'm not doing the two o'clock finishes in the morning, getting to bed, and not doing the sort of three a.m. starts and stuff. So I, there is a, a plus side to it. Have you felt that as your body healed? I guess you're doing some kind of training to tick over, but is it? Do you feel do you feel well for it? Uh, yeah, I do. Surprisingly, I mean, I had a bit of a niggle in a hand. Just I think just not being in the gym as much of this knocks my hands. So I think that's giving it nice time to heal. Yeah, um, and I think yeah. I mean, as as you get older, you, you feel the, the 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 knocks and that. And I think that yeah, this, it's been a welcome break. I mean, I, I had a a great 2019 fight wise. Yeah, I know it's a win and a loss, but I mean, great fights, a long training camp. So yeah, yeah, like I say, it's been it's been nice to just rest and recover and and just spend quality time with the family. But I am itching to get back in the gym <laughs> just to see what's next, really. Yeah, what have you made of the USC stuff this week? Because it obviously happened a couple of times Saturday and then last night it seemed to go pretty well, albeit in slightly surreal circumstances without a crowd. Have you seen any of that stuff? Is it, is it kind of inspired you to, to hope that boxing could be back soon? Well, yeah, I mean, I've, there's, there's talk about it. And then I, I read today that Canelo's fight in July is fourth in um, Las Vegas behind <laughs> closed doors. So um, hopefully that goes ahead and we yeah. can see that, how that goes and... I know the uh, the Bundesliga is starting back this weekend, so a bit of football on the TV, hopefully, and we can yeah. just see how, see how things are moving forward. Yeah, dreaded BT Sport. We're hoping to get some clips on Sky, Sky Sports News, but we'll see, we'll see how we get on at the moment. <laughs> yeah. I think everyone, every broadcaster is desperate for whatever, whatever sport they can get their hands on, so we've... Um... And we've actually been doing a bit of uh, Bellator on Sky. I've been doing some interviews with some of the Bellator guys, which was quite interesting oh, to yeah, talk about yeah. that. Because a guy called Chael Sonnen, because I was talking about um, uh, with him, he's a former heavyweight. or he, bought, he, he sort of fought at the end of his, his mixed martial arts career at heavyweight, but he was mainly a light heavy. But he was talking about uh, Francis Ngannou not having anywhere near the boxing skill set required to, to fight the top guys in boxing. But obviously he had a big knockout win at the weekend and he's pretty heavy-handed. What, have you, do you, what do you think about that? Because Conor McGregor's talking about Oscar De La Hoya as well, isn't he, and stuff. It's quite interesting that these MMA guys because it is like boxing is is a kind of a, a, a kind of closed skill isn't it it's, it you practice that to an elite level and it's it's different than, than MMA which is pretty much anything goes yeah I mean it's I think people that have got a good boxing ability and they, they tend to fare quite well in the UFC I mean 
Yeah. You need, to, you need a bit more than just be able to throw shots. You need to, you need to be a bit of the, the ground and pound kind of stuff. But, I mean, yeah, I think McGregor started off in boxing originally. And so, mm. his stand-up is very strong and he's he obviously carries a lot of power. And I think he possibly is calling Delahoy at, at the right time, being <laughs> retired for 10 yeah. plus years. Yeah, 40, 47 years of age, and he's, he's been through quite a lot, Oscar, isn't he? I think, to be fair, maybe better off staying retired. But it's silly season, isn't it? Because there's been, um, I wrote a piece uh, about on the Sky Sports website, I spoke to Enzo Macronelli, who's he's only 39, to be fair, but he's talking about a comeback because he's been out for four years, but he's, he was injured, had a car crash, and all sorts. But he's, he's targeting one more fight he wants, he wants to get to. Uh, to a landmark for him. And I think obviously Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield, what did you make? it's like, almost like we're, we're desperate for returning to the old days, isn't it? In the midst of this lockdown. Yeah. I mean, I, I did read the piece actually on Enzo. I think he was come back for the, is it the 50th fight? Yes. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a great landmark to reach. And this at the age of 39, it's not, I wouldn't say it's too far of reach. I mean, but the mm. likes of Mike Tyson, 50, 52 years of age, I just think this, I know you've had a great career and you probably feel better now in your 50s than you do in your 30s because you're living you're, the life yeah. you're living right you you um you know what's right and what's wrong now you, you're living properly but i just think he might still have to throw the punches but can he take the punches and this is yeah you, you get old for a reason it's time to just put something back into the sport without actually taking shots so i'm sure with the knowledge and the, the wisdom and the the power he's got in the sport that he could become a great trainer or manager mm. or put his knowledge into it somehow other than getting punched again. Yeah, given the psychology side as well. So how, how are you, mate? Because you had a great 2019. Obviously, the fight against uh, Bill Aquai in, in Las Vegas. Then you fought Callum Smith. I mentioned in the intro the Smith fight. And how do you reflect on that? Because I think a lot of us felt, certainly it was hard done by the unanimous decision. I think a lot of us thought that maybe you'd nicked it. I wasn't actually scoring the fight before. It was a f- fantastic performance. What, what, how do you affect? Do you watch it back? Do you, do you rue it? Or do you think still it was a, a landmark moment for you to, to prove your, your calibre? I think, I think without that, I proved my calibre last year. Um, I mean, I still feel like I won the fight. Mm. As I've said before, that my, my anger isn't towards Callum Smith. It's like the judging. I just think it's ridiculous. I mean, mm. I think by seven rounds, I think there's, there's no way. I mean... Mm. In boxing, you know that you go to the champion's backyard that you've got to win and got to win well. And I believe that's what I did. Yeah. If they'd have said it was a draw or a one-by-one round, you could have wipe your mouth of it and think, well, I knew I had to get the knockout. I knew I had to win really well. But I thought that's what I'd done. And just the scorecards were just so far from the truth. It just, I suppose, just, yeah, just leaves a sour taste. Mm. No, it does, mate. It was a real shame, I think. But it definitely proved that you belong in that company. It was, it was interesting because I remember speaking to Darren Barker and obviously he competed at, at middleweight and you ended up being middleweight. He remember saying that you were in the same stable as him with, with Tony Sims. And he said, you know, John was only 5'10". He was slightly shorter than me. So we thought it was middleweight, but actually you've almost utilized all your skill sets going up to super middle. You've used the, the height disadvantage as an advantage, particularly against Callum, who's a ridiculously tall super middle, isn't he? That that seemed to work particularly well for you kind of coming under his guard and he couldn't seem to get his range with you at all. No, yeah, I mean, I mean, it, the, the sad thing is that people say he had an off night, but the game plan me and Tony had set out was just work to a T. And like, mm. did he have a bad night or did I just box the perfect game plan? And I know I boxed the perfect game plan and Tony knows it. So that's that's all that matters. But people are just living off him having a bad night. I, I don't think he did. I think he, I made it hard for him. Yeah. I, made, I, I did what I had to do to get the win and, 
I mean, like t- Tony's put a game plan in place now, and I've executed it properly. Yeah. So this, that that also leaves a a sour taste. It's just a shame that people are not recognizing the the hours that have gone into the gym and to working out the game plan, the, mm. the footage we've studied. It's just people think uh, the people just put it down to having a bad night. It's just a shame. So the game plan was sort of basically to come under his guard, was it a bit, and just get in his face and then pin him on the chest because you seem to just not let him go really for the entire fight. Yeah, just take his his main attributes away from him, like he take his height away. We know that he's he's very good with his catch counter. Uh, he's he's very good up close. Mm. Um, he's very good from range. So just just get in in the mid range where he's he's not so he's not fighting to all his strengths and just try and outwork, be sensible with movement, head movement, uh, high guard, catching the shots, and and kind of doing to him what he does to others. Just awkward, isn't he? What did promoter Eddie Hearn say to you after the fight? Did he uh, give you credit? Did he, did he say there'd be opportunities for you potentially? Oh yeah, he said that massive opportunities that uh, you've, you've really put yourself out there on the, on the world stage and that it, I mean at the time it was all very not much to be said straight after the fight but in the in the coming weeks he was full of big hopes so yeah. we just hope, hope that they can still happen so what, what would you like what would you like next the super middleweight title fight or again a stepping stone to another title fight what would, what would be for you because you presumably I mean it's difficult isn't it because I suppose November was the last fight would you want a warm up fight now to to get back in the rhythm, do you think, or do you think everyone's going to have to start kind of at full speed? Well, that's the thing. Initially, I, I just wanted to get straight back in with a, with a big fight, but I mean, now with this delaying matters a bit more, and I think we'll all just be glad to get out and fight. It doesn't matter if it's a world title or yeah, or eight rounder. But um, depends on on what can be made. But I mean, if I'm going into a, a big world title fight, then it's hard to risk these six and eight rounders. You can pick up cuts, mm. take knocks on the hands, uh, shoulder injuries, elbow injuries. So it's just, it's, do, do you risk these, these silly eight round fights or do you just try and get the best available sparring and just prepare yourself in the right way to, to take on the champions? It's been quite a couple of years to you, isn't it, mate? I remember we went, I think it was yeah, that win over Jamie Cox just before May 2018. I saw you at the buffet in Tenerife. It's That's been it. like... <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good decision to go up in, in weight. And it, I think about the, um, we had our daughters out there at the time. She had the, the little girls the same age as, as my little girl, Zoe. And um, I thought about that, just that kind of decision then. That obviously, that was the immediate, I guess, six months a year that you, you'd chosen to go from middleweight to super middleweight. With that endurance against Callum Smith, you were just relentless throughout. Was that down to, to, to being comfortable with weight or was it down to Dan Lawrence and the performance team that, that they put in with you? Yeah, I think it's, it's a bit of both. I think we... We know now that at super middleweight that I can box to plan an order and um, and execute a game plan. Obviously, the work with Dan Lawrence has been unbelievable. Like, yeah, in the development of the strength, the power, even down to the diet stuff. I mean, before that fight, me and Dan was living in a flat together three weeks before the fight, and then really up to Liverpool on the Wednesday just to make sure that stone no stone was left unturned and that the the food was right and on point and. I mean, we've done the same in LA before the fight with Vakawi. Yeah. We was, we was out there two weeks before and Dan was with us, Tony was there and Dan was doing all the cooking, making sure we got all the, the right stuff and I'd say two of the best times I've made weight and the two best times I've looked the best on the scales. Is it, so he's cooking for you as well as, as just doing the physical conditioning, is he? Yeah, he was sorting out all the food. I mean, sometimes I was doing a bit of cooking but it, everything was planned out, the, the weights, the nutrients, the proteins, the carb sources wow. just just planned out to a tee 
Yeah, he's meticulous, isn't he? Because I'm trying to get him on the podcast again. So I went down to his flat and I think interviewed him about a year ago, probably. And I was saying to him, do you want to come on? And he sort of sent me this message. I messed it up, actually, because I was supposed to be at work tomorrow. I was hoping to speak to him. But he, um, he was saying, oh, Ed, can I have it more structured? I want some questions. He's very organised, isn't he? Which pays dividends for you, I guess, to have a structured mind oh, like that. Oh, yeah. He's always too prepared. He's very busy. He'll have, light, he'll have a lighting guy in just to make sure you catch him good side. <laughs> but no, yeah, he's a, he's a real pro. And I mean, with him and Tony Sims by my side, like I've said it, like nothing is impossible with them two because they're so thorough. Yeah. And they, they do leave no stone unturned. And I mean, they, they, they don't leave nothing to chance. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing, isn't it? What, in terms of your capacity, moving up from middleweight which uh up to super middleweight super middleweight's 12 stone so it's six six pounds the gap isn't it six seven pounds eight, eight, um, eight pounds. pounds sorry eight pounds yeah, yeah. um just sort of the mass in my head off, off, the, off the fly <laughs> um but that's in terms of training what difference does that make to you what you can do in terms of your conditioning and, and your energy well i think more well, so now that i'm training not just to lose weight i mean at middleweight i feel like i was not absorbing nothing in the boxing like in, in learning about game plans and taking in the orders of a, of a game plan and the tactics. I was more just concentrating on getting down to 11 stone six, which is just no good for me. And I think mm. I, I said the other day, I, I think I struggled to find the last time I had a good performance at middleweight. I think the last time good performance I had was Billy Joe in 2013. I mean, yeah. I, I was grinding out wins, but probably not looking not looking great nothing like I'm at super middle is that is that because you were just growing do you think broadening out naturally and then because you started at that weight and then suddenly your body your body changes as you age yeah I mean I've I'd, I'd been middleweight since I was uh, my first fight at 15 so hmm. I mean get to the age of like 25 <laughs> 26 I think you, you just start I suppose your metabolism slows that bit and you just get that bit older and everything's that bit harder. So yeah, you put on muscle as well, aren't you? Getting broader at your chest and arms, yeah, and shoulders, a, getting a lot broader. But I feel now that I'm uh, even as a, a bigger, a bigger man doing weights and eating properly, that I'm making the weight. I know it's eight pound more, but the muscle I've put on. Mm. I mean, that just I feel so much better at the weight. It's unbelievable. Yeah, you feel happier, do you as well? Because that must be yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a lot better person to be around. <laughs> That's good. It's good, but it's, it's it's an interesting one. Combat sports people don't really realise. I mean, even mixed martial arts got less. I'm trying to do a bit of work for Sky on on that and interviewing people, and the big gaps between some of their weights. And I was speaking to Enzo Macronelli as I mentioned, and he was talking about this, he was lost in the middle between light heavy and cruiserweight, particularly when they put the cruiserweight limit up. There's like now a 25 pound gap, so he was he, he naturally fitted in the middle of it. So it's it can be it can be a big part of it sometimes. You think that people don't always pay enough attention to to where they should be. Yeah, I mean, especially in, in that, I mean, you've got 12 stone 7 light heavyweight, then it's up to like 14.4, 14, 14, isn't it? Four. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. that's a massive. There could do with being another weight in the middle and like a, yeah. say, like a 13, 6 or something, just to, I don't know what you call it. But yeah, it's, it's what, just, what you call it, isn't it? Because light, yeah, light heavy is confusing anyway, isn't it? Because then you've got cruiser weight in the middle, but I maybe they call it light, yeah. light cruiser or something, maybe. Or, I don't yeah, know. I see it, but I just think it's too, too much of a gap and then. I mean, you've got light heavies that are, are struggling to to make the weight and then mm. that they have to go up to cruise weight, but they're at the lower scale. And then you've got heavyweights that are boiling down to make the cruise weight limit. And it's just, you, you're going against in the ring against someone who's probably naturally like a 15, 16 stone bloke. Can't yeah. fight night. So there's just no advantage in the end. 
Yeah, no, it's, 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 yeah, it's interesting to kind of get sometimes not doing it on things like height and being simplistic about it. It's kind of, do you think it's important to just get the fighter to, to sort of, I guess, almost report how they feel when they, when they try and make a certain weight? I think it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's all very well how you feel on the scales because you've seen, you've seen some that we get on the scales and they, mm. they can barely walk to them. They're, they're, yeah. they're like an old man getting out of bed, but then <laughs> come fighting like they're jumping around like a lunatic. So, I mean, it's all in the all in the rehydration and how they do it. But I mean, just some of these people, especially in like the UFC, you see them. Yeah, I watched a couple of documentaries on how they make the weight, and it's just it's so dangerous. But yeah, it just needs water. to be covered a bit more. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it is it's difficult, isn't it? Because de- you're getting hit in the head as well, so you don't want to be dehydrated because that that kind of then makes you more susceptible to to brain injuries. And like, I was thinking about that because I spoke to Chael Sonnen this week, the UFC guy, and I was talking about. Um, risk because I, I, you're probably in the same position with your daughter we've had a notification because zoe our little girl's in reception that potentially you know she can go back in, in june and we, my wife was sort of should we send her and i said well i think you know the stats look pretty good for her and for us it's just a question of grandparents and how much contact she has with them and things like that which she's not having anyway at the moment so it was we're just weighing that up and i thought about fighters and i thought i said to chelsea and i said well you know what for fighters surely the risk of coronavirus when you look at the stats is probably you know, less dangerous to you if you're a young man or a young woman than it is to, to actually get hit in the head in the first place. So I guess the risk equation, is that why the UFC fighters are going back? Do you think boxers will go back? Because footballers are talking at the moment, aren't they, about being concerned about it. But I guess fighting, fighters by nature carry that risk and are aware of that risk. Yeah, I just think it's, I mean, in the day, it's your living, isn't it? And people need to get back to work. I mean, we're all, we're all out, here, out of work and struggling. So, mm. I mean, the, the sooner we can get back, the better. But, yeah, I think more so for football. I mean, I think just a big concern with like football is, is playing in empty stadiums. Is uh, how do you get up for it? And yeah, is, how do you, how are you going to get up for the fight when? I mean, some people really feel feel off the crowd and really it's like the spokesman in football. Like, how do you get yourself motivated yeah. for a fight when it's when it's going your way or when your your back's against the the ropes and you need that extra bit to spur you on? But I mean, yeah, with all the dangers in sport, I mean, coronavirus is probably very low on the um, mm. on the ladder of concern. Yeah, there's a lot. It's difficult to sort of get past all the headlines about it. I suppose it makes people worried. I don't know. I get pretty motivated for my five aside, mate. Don't worry about that without the crowd. <laughs> I'm, I'm fired up. But cause what do you think? Do you think you'll have a problem with the motivation side of it with, without a crowd, or do you think it's different when you've got a guy in front of you who's trying to knock your head off? I think, yeah, I think it's different when you've got someone trying to take your head off and. Um... You, you, it's just a, it's a fight or flight moment. I mean, in, even in sparring, you you can turn it on because you're getting there with someone you're not expecting, it and they'll come and maybe catch you cold. So you know it's on. So you've got to you've got to show show them what's what. But yeah, I mean, I, I can't see there being too many big title fights go on behind closed doors in boxing. But yeah, it looks like Dillian White. Dillian White Povetkin might be, but they think Joshua is going to wait potentially go abroad if he can't fight in the UK in September October. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's hard to know, especially with like, travel restrictions and whatnot. I mean, mm. where can these fights take place? And for, I mean, for Dillian White and Povetkin, where are they going to hold it in a in an enclosed environment where it's just TV only and that it's going to generate the money? I mean, it's, it's hard. These are top heavyweights who are, who want big paydays. Yeah. Would you, where would you want to fight? Would you want it to be in an arena or would that be weird? Would you want it to be in, people talked about TV studios or... Or just a gym. If there's not going to be a crowd there anyway, what what would you want? Would it be strange to be in an arena, or would it be still part of your preparation? It'd be nice to be there to make it a special 
fight night occasion. I, I really don't know. It'd be hard, wouldn't it? I mean, if you're in the gym, would you just have that sparring mentality where you're not full swing, you're just practicing and whatnot? Mm. Or would it be better to be in an, an empty York Hall or yeah. a small hall show like that? But um, I mean, I know they're talking about doing shows in, <laughs> they, they mentioned doing it in matchrooms back garden in like, uh, <laughs> a marquee. So, mate. It's a nice like, garden. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like having a punch up at a wedding, wouldn't it? In a marquee. Yeah. But, <laughs> Yeah, yeah no, especially with everyone in their suits there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. I mean, these people, with people need to get out, and I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of young pros that are desperate to get out now where funds are low and they've not got the support of sponsors. And yeah. even if they've got sponsors, I mean, the first thing sponsors are going to do when they're not making money is cut sponsorship. So, I mean, I'm in a fortunate position that I'm, I'm getting by well, but Good. these young fighters, they, they need to fight to, to put food on the table. So, if, you, if your sponsor stood by you, then, mate. Yeah, we're all good. Yeah, everything's still coming in, and we're, we're all all moving forward. But like yeah. I said, these these young pros, they, they need it to get by, and if they've got kids, bills to pay. They need. I mean, mm. nothing gets put on hold, does it? Do you, yeah. Do you think the fighters will look at other work in the in the meantime, or or something like that? Do you think they'll probably maybe go part time for a bit? Um, I mean, it's hard, isn't it? I mean, not everything's back to work, and no, uh, it's it's just really hard. So just, I mean. Hopefully, they've got good family units that can help support them and bail them out a little bit. But ultimately, we all need to be back fighting and, and mm. doing what we, we love and do best. Yeah, when would you like to be back, mate? When, you, when are you thinking? Um, as soon as I can get back in the gym, just give me. I mean, I'd like. I've been keep, keeping fit and ticking over, but I'd like a proper camp. I'd need a 12 week camp still just to yeah. get back, especially if it's a big fight. I mean. What have you been doing? Have you been in touch with Dan while you, you've been locked down? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in contact with Dan uh, every few days or every day. We've got our dumbbells and kettlebells here, so we're, we're getting we're getting bits of work in. Nice. Speak to Tony Sims most days. We get on the old Skype or FaceTime and do a bit of teleboxing in front of him and mm. get a few pointers. But other than that, I'm just running, cycling, bit of shadow boxing and a bit of weights just to keep me going. And you and you keeping track of your weight as well, are you? You sort of where you want to be? Yeah, I'm keeping on top of it. I mean. It's hard. I, I, I start. I was going for it a lot at the start of lockdown. <laughs> the fridge is tempting, isn't it? <laughs> oh yeah. Not, not as bad as a buffet in Tenerife, but it's up there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, very tempting. Yeah, but um, I mean, yeah, I know. I want to. I want to go back to the gym at a nice weight. So I'm, I'm motivated to keep on top of the training and keep my head out the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> just be sensible. Is a key sparring? Is it? Is that why you think boxers will be rusty when they come back? Yeah, I just feel that bit of proper contact I mean some people are lucky enough to have a bag at home so they're they're getting their shots off on that but mm. I mean to, to do pads which is I mean second to none and the sparring is is imperative I mean you don't go into a fight without sparring so you get your girlfriend ne- on the pads is she up, up for it or <laughs> oh, well she has got a set and I've told her to get them out but um yeah not yet so because she's, fit- she's a fitness trainer isn't she yeah she's, she's a personal yeah. trainer yeah so she's qualified in in pad work so I might try and get her to put that to use so is she is she doing home is she doing training for her sort of clients on Zoom and stuff? Is she is she using that? No, no, she's on a maternity leave still with oh. the baby. So um, we're Good. just yeah just cracking on and with she's joining with a bit of the weights on when I'm when I'm doing the weights at night. So she's she's doing a little bit there. Good stuff. Remind me, remind me your daughter's name. Uh, Heidi. Heidi. Yeah. Uh, how's she getting on? Because she she's at home. You trying to homeschool and stuff. You're trying to go through that. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, she's doing the homeschooling. Nancy's doing great with doing the homeschooling. I've 
not got the patience for it one bit. I mean, <laughs> maybe jo- jolly, jolly phonics. He did the jolly phonics. <laughs> oh yeah, phonics and uh, like yeah, the word playing. Right? I just think yeah. yeah, not for me. I'd I'd rather do the the morning walk with a baby and get him to sleep and <laughs> yeah, do the sleep with the baby. It's a, it's a bit easier. Good man. And how are you how are you working on your? What's the baby's name again? The little boy Brody. Brody, good name. It's not named after Pulp, um, Point Break, is it? Yeah, is it Brody the character in Pulp? Yeah, the Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze surf movie, but <laughs> so so wait, I was going to ask you one thing as well about some of the um, mixed martial arts people said about the UFC was that fighters were adjusting in the ring or, or um, the octagon according to what the commentators were saying ringside because they could hear it. Do you think that oh, would be really? weird? would that be weird to get you know Sky's Adam Smith people like that commentating at the side of it? Yeah, it would be strange, wouldn't it? I mean, if you. <laughs> You, you hear someone like I don't know if you hear that the, the the opponent's thrown a shot and then you hear the the commentators go into one saying what a great shot and you think to yourself it won't it didn't even hit it didn't yeah I've, I've, I've blocked it or <laughs> I've slipped inside you'd be having an argument mid fight saying yeah are you, watch, are you watching the same stuff or what and because they, they start talking about their scorecards don't they and things like that so if they say oh he's down riders down by three or something and you <laughs> you think you're on top yeah. by four it's going to be uh... yeah it's kind of like a steam train wouldn't you so um, yeah, yeah, it'd be, yeah it'd, be, it'd be strange wouldn't it. Yeah, very very surreal times, isn't it? Um, what's your what's your if you because I guess it's it's put a kind of slowdown on everyone. But what's your long term plans now? Have you have you thought about where you want to be? Another title shot in twenty twenty one would that be the the goal? Yeah, definitely. If not twenty twenty, then definitely twenty twenty one. I feel like we've all been put back a year, kind of thing now. And, um, yeah, it's going to be slow getting back for sure, and because there's still going to be restrictions in place for a while. I mean, I know they're saying that things can be open and we can all integrate again but are they really going to have arenas full of fight fans for, for big shows And yeah, I can't see too many big fights going ahead without fans in the arenas I mean because I know TV back it a lot but ultimately you need the bums on seats to, to make these shows worthwhile yeah you get a lot of messages don't you mixed messages at one point the government saying they can't see crowds coming back until they have a vaccine but then the World Health Organisation says there may never be a vaccine so it's sort of I think it's adjusting day by day to the, the whole picture. Um, what's um, what's to- Tony's thoughts on the scene at super middleweight and st- what are your thoughts on it? Because do you think Callum will, will stay there and, and defend that title again or will he go up? Uh, I've seen the late, latest talks of uh, Bivol said he'd be open to coming down to 168 and then just mm. see that Callum said he'll be happy to go up to 175. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's options there for him. Um, is, it, is it worthwhile getting Bivol to drain down or is it worthwhile... Mm. Having Callum being well hydrated and finding at one seven five, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, um, he's so big, isn't he? I, mean, I remember being in a room with him when I was hosting the Sky Boxing podcast, and he was he was almost too big for the booth. His legs were kind of hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's he's a, he's a tall fellow. Yeah, he's he's big. But um, that's it. Does he does he take his advantages up to a light heavy and go up there? But ultimately, mm. I, I want the rematch, so I hope I get it. But yeah, um, it's a bit. There's big fights from at either weight. Well, is it, will Eddie will Eddie push for that rematch? What did he say to you about that? Um, he said he, he, it's there that it can be made, and I think now is probably the best chance of it getting made than ever. Well, I mean, what with I suppose he was he was initially hoping for the Canelo fight, but Billy Joe got that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he'll still have it, but um, it's just it's just that's what I mean. It's just all in the air. Who knows what's going to happen next? And 
It's a strange world, isn't it? You've got, you got a Mexican fighting on the, the American Independence Day in Las Vegas. It's like it's going to be a mad scene for, for Canelo in, in that fight. Would you, would you fight Canelo? Would you like, would you like a challenge oh, like that? I'd love to. I mean, like, you're fighting, it's a, it's a modern day great. And yeah. Just the chance to say you've been in there. Like, don't wrong, I'm, I'm going in there with the ability thing I can beat him. But just to share a ring with one of the greatest fighters probably of all time. I mean, yeah. He's very in. A very few elite, the Mayweathers, the the Pacquiao's, the... and you'd be very physically evenly matched when you're in that fight, I guess, in terms of stature, yeah, similar reach. height, similar stamp, uh, yeah, probably similar reach. So uh, I'll even dye me a ginger to make it even more. Even. <laughs> I know you wouldn't guess that he was the Mexican one, would you? Out of the two, yeah. you? that'd be uh, that's a that's a funny funny twist. Uh, it's it's, a, it's such a surreal time, isn't it? Do you what do you think? Um, I guess do you think he'll operate at super middle do you think he'll bounce back down at some point it's difficult to know isn't it? he, he was obviously operating for a long time at light middle wasn't he and then blowing up on the night yeah I mean he, he went back to light middle not so long ago didn't he when he boxed Liam Smith and yeah. he did look a bit fragile but then he's it, campaigned at middleweight for a while um, but I mean going up to super middleweight was, was a good move for him obviously but then the step up to light heavyweight was yeah he had the one fight with Kovalev and then he vacated the belt straight away. So I think sure, surely he's, he's, his future should be at super middle. I mean, hmm. he's had a lot of criticism for the title that he's won and people saying he's only the regular version. He should fight for the, the super or another organisation where it's the, the full title. But at the end of the day, he's, he's gone out there, he's beaten a world champion and he's, he's got the, the WBA super middleweight title. Yeah, no, he's, he's, he's pretty epic to be honest, the career. So far, one thing I was thinking about careers, I spoke to Johnny Nelson last week, I said, mate, and he obviously he lost, I think, his first three fights. He lost something like um, four out of the first 10 or something like that. And he's, he, but he talks about learning. He lost his or drew his first world title challenge to Carlos de Leon in 1990, but knew when he got his world title in his 30s at 90, in 1999 against uh, Thompson that he knew from then on that he'd, he'd kind of, he wouldn't lose again. He didn't. Do you feel that your career is a bit like that in the sense that you've learned and developed? Is it, is it a good example to people who, who panic about losing their O early on and stuff in boxing that, that you can actually regroup and, and in the long run learn from it? Definitely, because, I mean, very few fighters retire with undefeated records. I mean, look, may have won in a few. Yeah. There's a lot of undefeated champions out there, but you look at Lomachenko, probably the best fighter out there at the moment, and he's, he's lost his his second fight, albeit to a, to a world champion. Mm. But, um, I mean, he's still got the blemish on his record, but he's still the most naturally talented and gifted boxer out there. Yeah. That's... But he's gone on to achieve massive things. Lots of like Jorge Linares. Yeah. He's, he's won world titles at the age of 21 and then he's been knocked out, but come back to win again. So, I mean, it's, it's all in the person, the, the, the mentality to come back, the, the inner strength to to battle on and keep going. And, and you can learn, you learn more from a defeat, can you, sometimes? About, you know... I think so, yeah. I mean, if you if you sail along, just keep winning, knocking people out, and what are you really learning? You, you, you probably... You end up probably cutting corners, thinking you haven't got to train as hard as you do, and then that's when you get the, the harsh reality of getting knocked out yourself and mm. thinking you're, you really are better than you are. So I think knowing that you've got to work hard and really give it your all is, is taking a few losses and, and learning from it and coming back. It forces you to make adjustments, doesn't it? And, and, and kind of uh, 
and redefine what you're doing. What with the baby? How, how do you handle the, the sleep side of it when you you've been an athlete? I guess at the moment it's not as important, but when you're in camp, is that an issue? <laughs> you're not doing the midnight feeds and stuff. Well, that's, that's what I mean. I was fortunate. I mean, my partner Nancy, she said like you need to you need to get your sleep. You need to rest. So yeah, I, was, I, I bought bought a, a fold up bed. I was sleeping in the living room on the fold up bed. <laughs> getting the, get at the start of camp then three weeks before I moved out into the flat with Danny on the old Airbnb and just really dialed in and, and got the focus on. Good man. And it, it's important that they sleep, isn't it, to the whole process because Dan's big on that as well, your, your conditioner. Oh, massively, yeah. I mean, like you say, that's when you're resting and you're recovering and the, the body's healing. So, yeah, I mean, with the, the hours we do in the gym, on the runs, the, in the spas, in, in the weights room, so it's just very important to get the the right fuel the right sleep and the, just the amount rest of time you've spent recovering just laying down and relaxing and mate do you do you get up at you one of these guys that go through that psychological battle of getting up at 4 30 and going for a run or do you do you prefer to sort of um to to keep as much rest as you can and do it do it at a normal time uh, i'm more like a not, i'm not a four o'clock kind of person 5 45 is probably my earliest i'll get up yeah i like yeah i do like to be up early and Luckily, my, my little boy Brody gets me up <laughs> normally by six or half past six. So uh, yeah, but I think this is that's a great time of the day. I mean, I, I'm not one to lay in bed till eleven and yeah, relax. I've been I, I get nice early nights. So go for a jog, jog in, with the buggy in the morning. In, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if I'm in bed by half nine ten, then then six o'clock's good for me. Have you done, have you done that? Have you, jog, have you jogged with the buggy? Have you done, got a good good buggy? I haven't. No, yeah. I was considering it the other day. I thought maybe, <laughs> maybe it was a good idea, but. I just don't think the buggy's up to it. I think I need to buy a proper one. Yeah, I know they do. I've seen some fellas do it or, or ladies with it. They've got proper sort of like um, enforced wheels and stuff. I think the one we had probably would have uh, been a bit a bit tricky. <laughs> yeah. um, but, That's it. Uh, but, mate, great to speak to you. And uh, Did you have a fight schedule for this time when this all happened or were you in the process of getting one? No, just in the process of uh, talking about dates and finalising and whatnot. So hopefully when we get back, we'll, we'll have some news soon. Brilliant. Well, John, keep me posted, mate. I might try and write, I'll try and write this up for Sky Sports as well. Put a couple of new lines on the website for, for them, and it's fantastic. And drop, drop me a picture so I can put it on social media. I might, I might dig out that one of us on holiday in different times back in 2018. Oh, definitely, that's it. <laughs> that was, uh, that was quite, quite a trip, actually. It's good to, good to see you there. If, if we mention them in it as well, it might give us a free holiday. Oh, it'd be great, wouldn't it? It was at the Hard, hard Rock <laughs> Hotel. Fantastic. Well, I'll tell you what, you struggle to get a holiday at the moment. We're trying to go to France in the summer, but I'm not sure, I'm I know, not sure yeah, it's, it's happening. Almost impossible, yeah. Yeah, I know. We're trying, we're trying to have long life milk at home. It makes us feel like we're in Spain. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, yeah. sit, sit in the sun. Sit in the sun of the garden and have a long life milk tea. That's it, yeah. Uh, Good man. Well, John, appreciate it, buddy. And um, best luck with everything. Do keep me posted on any fight announcements and I hope you get one very soon. Will do. Thank you, Ed. Cheers, John. Take care. Take care. So there we have it, guys. John Ryder, good man. A lot on his hands there with young Heidi, five, and Brody, nine months. Kind of uh, envy him in some ways and don't envy him in others. That's tough having a, a nine-month-old and a little girl. She's got the little girl at the moment. Uh, so it's good man. It's, it's good to see him kind of proving, I think, is a, a good lesson for boxers but also people in life that you have setbacks early on lost British title fights at middleweight and become a contender at super middleweight at world level and certainly demonstrate his credentials albeit in that contentious defeat to Cohen Smith so kudos to him and, and I hope he gets that big match soon and hope he gets to resume soon after lockdown certainly it's when we weigh up those risk equations now around coronavirus and try and study the numbers 
he was very emphatic about wanting to come back and um, I dare say quite a few boxers are as well effectively freelance aren't they and I've spoken to a lot for Sky Sports and you can check out my social media Ed Draper 81 on Twitter for links to that and potentially on my Instagram as well as kind of screen grabs of some of the articles that I've done with with boxers um, most uh, recently did one with Enzo Macronelli uh, which uh, I mentioned and I've worked on other pieces as well did a long piece with Michael Sprott heavyweight who fought Anthony Joshua in 2014 fought some other world champions who weren't world champions when he fought them but Corey Sanders Lamont Brewster guys that knocked out Vladimir Klitschko and Michael talked about in that article the kind of sliding doors moment when he had an opportunity if he beat Audley Harrison in 2010 to get a world title shot against Vladimir Klitschko pre-fight in the changing room got a call saying he would have that opportunity so it's kind of it's lessons for him and so I've been enjoying sort of reconnecting with the boxing world through writing over the period of lockdown and certainly been a diversification for me and going back to my roots of where I started at a paper in the United States in Ohio as a young journalist so that's been good but I hope John does continue to, to get that upward curve and certainly someone who seems to be uh, resilient and only 31 years of age has got a long long way ahead of him although he said he was getting a little bit creaker as we all are as we we get older but I appreciate you listening to that thanks to Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham once more for supporting the podcast and Serene AV sister company in the courtyard in Montpellier uh, su- su- superb knowledgeable installers of, of fine entertainment systems and consultants as well they can advise you particularly with the Serene AV of the arm Jason Briggs and his team because they can get other source other entertainment equipments not just the Bang Olufsen stuff which of course has such a fine reputation of, of being of uh, impeccable quality and to cite a plan as well if you want a discount for supplements food-based supplements so digested as your body would digest food which my dad dr mark draper general practitioner and micronutrient researcher certainly thinks is the best way for your body to absorb the vitamins other than through food which if you live in the uk he believes is, is limited for things like selenium because of the soil percentages of that you have to eat a lot of calories to, to get that and probably eating a lot of calories isn't great so that's the predicament uh, but cytoplan website draper 10 is the discount my last name all capitals then the number 10 thank you for listening appreciate it if you could uh, rate it on itunes if you enjoy it i know people have that means a huge difference and it is growing the podcast and thank you for your support any feedback contact me on social media ed draper 81 on twitter got a facebook page and also instagram ed underscore draper 81 on there Thank you guys. Have a great week. I hope you're healthy, hope you're well, and you stay that way and uh, can enjoy some of the benefits of, of spending more time with the families like John and I were talking about there. And hopefully the financial situation isn't, isn't too bleak for you at the moment and we can, we can all pull through together. Thank you. Bye for now.